but then we remember the voice of truth, God's promises on my life, God's promises on your life, that I'm a child of God, a son of the king, the king of the world, who will forever reign. I was created in love, by love, and for love. He has an amazing plan for my life. Those voices of truth would say, I'm here for a reason. I might not be enough, but I'm more than conquerors through him that loved me. Welcome to the Inspire Preaching Podcast. I am your host, Douglas Boyd, and we want to encourage you to keep reaching higher and go further in your walk with Jesus Christ, and above all, to never ever give up, but to keep moving forward in Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Inspire Preaching Podcast. I am your host, Douglas Boyd. We have got a very urgent message for the church today. Today I'm going to be talking about the spirits that attack the church, the demons that attack the church. Thank you for joining us today. I sure do appreciate it. And if this podcast is a blessing to you, please consider subscribing to it. Invite your family and friends to be part of it. And um, let's just jump right on into it today. This is a very important message. So let's jump into it. Let's pray and uh, just be ready for what God has for us today. Amen. I love that song. It's good stuff. Today we're talking about the spirits that attack the church. John chapter 11 verse 53 says, So from that time on, the Jewish leaders began to plot the death of Jesus. As a result, Jesus stopped his public ministry among the people and left Jerusalem. John chapter 1 verse 10. He was in the world and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. Verse 11. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. Verse 12, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. This today is one of the most important messages I have ever preached in my entire life. I'm not asking you, I am pleading with you today to give me your full attention. I want to talk to you today about the spirits that attack the church. Let's lift our hands right now. Let's pray. Jesus, we praise you. We worship you. We ask you today to give us ears to hear the powerful word of God. Give us a heart to receive it. Change us today through the word. In your name I pray. Amen. The church of the living God is facing more challenges now than in much of its history. Traditional marriage is under attack. The ministry is under attack. Politicians 
try to pass laws limiting our speech as ministers. They're already doing it in Canada. It goes on and on and on. Demons are real. Evil spirits are real, and they will attack every church that opens a door to them. You'll notice that when Jesus started his ministry and several times he would preach in the synagogues and many times there would be someone there with an unclean spirit. Oh yeah, the devil goes to church. Trust me, he goes to church. But pastor, that would never happen at our church. Oh yes, it can. It can. I want you to think about something today. The passage, the passage that we read in John 11 was after Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Instead of seeing the miracle, they only wanted Jesus dead. Then John chapter 1 sums it up perfectly. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. Jesus didn't have trouble with the drinkers and the winos and the partiers. Jesus didn't have trouble with the people who were sinking in sin. Jesus didn't have trouble with the quote-unquote sinners of his day. In fact, the Bible says he was a friend of sinners. Jesus ministered to drunks, prostitutes, those caught in adultery, the down and out, the up and out, those who had lost everything. He ministered to every kind of sickness people with sickness and disease. He ministered to the blind, to the crippled, to the outcast, to the lepers. But there was one kind of person that he had trouble with. Think about this. Of all the people that Jesus should not have had trouble with, of all the people that should have loved him and welcomed him, of all the people that should have sat down with him and tried to understand him. It was the Jewish religious leaders, but they only wanted to kill him. Now, let's just call Judaism, for the sake of understanding all of this, let's just call them the church at that time, even though the word wasn't used. But let's just call Judaism the church. Spirits got into the church. Amen? These were the men who were handed the Ten Commandments on stone tablets written with the finger of God, but they fully and completely rejected Jesus, even after seeing miracles, signs, and wonders. Now let me say that no devil in hell is going to stop the church. The church is built on the blood-stained cross of Jesus Christ and cannot be defeated. But, a local congregation can not only go down, it can be taken out, and it happens every single day. I read a study that said 5,000 or close to 5,000 churches in America a year close down. They say it averages 75 to 150 churches a week. Don't tell me spirits don't get into the church house. I want to tell you something shocking. If you don't get the word in you, if you don't stay prayed up and full of the Holy Ghost and fire, the devil can use you to hinder the church, to hinder your family, to hinder those that are counting on you. The devil can use you and me. 
If we were to ever go down, it won't be because of how powerful the enemy is. Let me say that again. If we were to ever go down, it will not be because of how powerful the enemy is. It will be because of the people inside the church. Don't shout me down while I'm preaching good. I'm giving this message to wake us up. Now, the little church that I'm a pastor of, we're on the edge of having revival. We are this close. We are so close to full-blown biblical revival. And here is the thing. The enemy will try to use someone. He'll use anyone that he can to stop it. And he often uses people inside the church. Please listen to me today. I want to talk to you for a moment about spiritual authority. Let me talk to you about spiritual authority. As the pastor of the church, I am under Jesus Christ and under his leadership, I am the spiritual authority of the church that I pastor. No, I am not a God. I'm just a man. But for a church to succeed, we must understand spiritual authority and the authority of the pastor. Why is spiritual authority of the pastor so important? Now, I'm not talking about pastors that go off and backslide and they're committing sins and things. I'm talking about blood-bought men of God full of the Spirit who are trying to lead their church. What I do, being a pastor, I take it very seriously because I am going to stand before the throne of God one day and give an account for what I have preached and for what I have taught. That is why I only preach from the scriptures. That is why I only say what it says. I don't add or take away. I approach it with fear and with trembling. The church belongs to Jesus Christ and it is bought with his blood. Therefore, those that he puts in authority as pastors, it is a heavy, heavy burden to carry. Peter was talking about pastors in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 2. He said, Care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over it willfully, not grudgingly, not for what you will get out of it, because you are eager, but because you are eager to serve God. Don't lord over the people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good example. And when the great shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of never-ending glory and honor. In the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders, and all of you dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another, for God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. The authority of the pastor, everyone needs to be, everyone in a church needs to be under the authority of their pastor. Not once in my life have I argued with my pastor. Even when he decided to do something that I didn't think would work, I said, yes, sir, let's do this. And when you look back at the children of Israel, time and time and time again, they turned on what you could call their pastor, Moses. Time and time again, they wanted to take his leadership away. They wanted to stone him. They wanted to usurp his leadership. Now, my own church, we're on the edge, we're on the verge of something beautiful, but God is warning us today that we need unity, and we need to back the pastor. We need to back the ministry. I need every man, woman, and child in our church to back me up and to back up my wife. We need every person to do what 
my wife and I do on a daily basis, and that is examine yourself, examine your hearts, examine your desires, ask God to root out any selfishness, any narcissism, and any religious pride. We're so close to being part of something incredible with God's help. Let me tell you something, spiritual authority. I served under two incredible men of God. There were times, only a few, where I thought one of them was making a mistake, but I said nothing. I'm not talking about huge mistakes that would that would hurt the church, just small decisions, but I said nothing, and I backed my pastor on it because that is what a Christian does. And I've had people argue with me, come against me before. I've even had people who say they were Christians cuss at me, and it's wrong. That's not what a Christian does. That is not how righteousness behaves. One of the pastors when I was in my 40s, we needed a youth minister. I had done youth ministry for years. I was battle-tested. And I said, Pastor, I can do this. And without hesitation, he said, No, that's not a good idea. At your age, you cannot relate to kids like you should be able to. Did it sting a little bit? Yes. Did I agree? No. But I said, Yes, sir. You know what's best, and I'm behind your decision 100%. What was that happening? That was me submitting to my pastor's spiritual authority. Listen to me, please. Spirits, get in the church. The devil can use saints. He can influence saints. Here's a few different things that attack the church. There is a spirit that attacks the pastor's leadership. I used to be friends with, I used to know this Baptist pastor, and man, he could preach. A couple of people on his board came against him, and he stood his ground, and they told him, we'll take our money, which was millions, and we'll start our own church. That is demonic, folks. That is not of God. That is coming against the authority of the pastor. And this pastor was a good, godly man that did not deserve this. I saw a pastor, I saw a church council drop the pastor's salary down to try to starve him out and force him to resign. That is the devil's work. That is the devil's work. And this particular pastor was one of the best men that I ever knew in my life. You're not even a real Christian if you act like that. You're not saved. You need to repent and get right with God. You need to get saved. You need to get repent and get baptized in the name of Jesus and get full of the spirit of God and learn how to behave but it gets in the church Treva and I went to preach at a church one time we were invited to and as we walked in the music guy was packing up all of his stuff and quitting the church because he was not allowed to sing that morning throwing a big fit in front of everyone who was walking in the door that's the devil folks that's the devil in the church house. Folks, we have to be better than that. And all it takes is one person with that horrible attitude to stop a church. Now listen, I might, I might, this message is really for my church, but it applies to other churches too. I might make decisions that some might not agree with. Some might even say he's making a big mistake. Back me up. Please back me up anyway. If I'm making a mistake, I'll learn from it. But just back me up. There are spirits that, uh, that affect people to sow division. The Lord doesn't like division. Just like in the time of Jesus. 
the people that should have embraced him, that should have loved him, were the people that turned on him. The trouble always starts within. Romans 16 and 17 says, I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them. For such persons do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own appetites. And by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. Proverbs 6, verse 16, he says, These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. And the last one is one who sows discord among the brethren. Verse 19, no church can survive if they allow people to sow discord. I remember one time when I was under my pastor, Pastor Carnley, a man tried to badmouth him in front of me. I shut him up. I said, we don't do that. Those things sow division, and it's of the devil. If you ever disagree with me, I'm talking to my church members. If you ever disagree with me or anyone else at the church, don't say anything. Just pray about it. Give it to the Lord. Come talk to me one-on-one about it. I could say so much more, but I'm going to keep going. But there's a spirit of religion that attacks the church. That's the spirit that fought against Jesus so hard. The spirit of religion holds on to doctrines and traditions of men more than the pure, unadulterated word of God. Jesus spoke truth. He did the works of God, but the religious leaders were so blind by their traditions and by the spirit of religion that they could not see the living Christ standing in front of them. This is the spirit that causes churches to split over the color of the carpet or pews versus chairs or whatever. This is the spirit that says, if I don't get my way, I'll quit and I'll take people with me. This is the spirit that won't get behind the pastor because he does, doesn't do things the way they want it done. This is the spirit that crosses its arms and frowns like it's been sucking on an old dried up lemon and says, well, we never did it that way before. No, that's why you're dead on the inside, full of dead men's bones, religious dead bones. The spirit of religion kills revival. The spirit of religion kills the leadership of the church. The spirit of religion kills the move of God. Then there's the Ahab spirit. My, how the church needs godly men. The spirit of Ahab is a spirit that gets on a man. It turns him weak. He allows his wife or others to be the leader of the home and the spiritual leader as well. And he lives in fear and never godly boldness and confidence. The spirit of Ahab puts up with division and it puts up with the spirit of religion. He knows it's wrong, but he allows it anyway. And he does nothing to stand up for the truth. Then there's the spirit of Jezebel. Oh, how this spirit has torn churches apart. This spirit can get on a man or a woman, and I have seen it happen. Thousands of churches have been destroyed by the spirit of Jezebel. The sad and tragic thing about this spirit is that the person being controlled by it usually doesn't see it and does not want to see it because self is more important. In Revelation chapter 2, God warns the church of Thyatira about the spirit of Jezebel. So what is it about the spirit of Jezebel 
that is so evil. And remember, it can get on a man or a woman. Here are the characteristics of the spirit of Jezebel. Now, if any of this applies to you, you need to examine your heart. Okay, here we go. The person with the spirit of Jezebel controlling them, this person wants to dominate. This person expects to be used more than anyone else in the church. And if they don't get their way, they get angry. At times, it operates in the lust of the flesh, but not always. It always operates with a spirit of pride, the pride of life, an evil form of pride that constantly says, look at me. The spirit of Jezebel is unrepentant. It never, ever admits it's wrong, even when proven wrong. Let me say that again. The spirit of Jezebel is unrepentant it never ever admits that it is wrong even when proven wrong the spirit of Jezebel uses manipulation control it's very selfish and it's very power hungry the end game is always control the spirit of Jezebel doesn't hesitate to talk bad about leadership or other people and will arrogantly state I can do it better The spirit of Jezebel always tries to cause others to fear, to have anxiety. People being controlled by this spirit are often hurt, wounded, and insecure, especially from childhood. Let me say that again. People being controlled by this spirit are often hurt, wounded, and insecure. They have deep, unhealed wounds from the past. A Jezebel spirit is always in line with the religious spirit. These are just a few of the things that can come against a church. But I'm telling you right now, we can do some things to stay on the right path. Number one, be humble. Don't think of yourself as more than you are. We need to all remember that we are but dust. Colossians 3 verse 12, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Number two, we should give ourselves to prayer daily like never before. Prayer. What does prayer do for us? Prayer, number one, calms your anxious spirit. I don't know about you, but sometimes anxiety and worry try to wear me down, and I turn to prayer to ease my mind number two prayer reminds you of God's power number three prayer increases your faith number four prayer strengthens your relationship with God pray like never before prayer grants us access to God's throne room we get to be in the presence of the supreme king the king of kings and the lord of lords oh my goodness we need to pray number three today pursue the holy spirit We need to stay full of fresh oil from the Spirit. We need to be full and overflowing. John 7 and 37, Jesus said, If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. Jesus told the woman at the well, Drink this water and you'll never thirst again. He's talking about the Spirit. Pursue the Spirit. Number four, walk in love. Let the love of God dominate you. Number five, hunger and study 
God's Word. Have a hunger for and study God's Word, the sword of the Spirit. Number six, our entire lives need to be saturated with giving thanks and with worship. When people see us, they should think, man, they are the happiest bunch. They love Jesus. It's because we pray and we worship and we give thanks. Spirits can attack the church, but if we get prayed up, full of the Holy Ghost and full of the Word of God, we will overcome and we will have revival. I want to see God explode in the church. I want to see healings and deliverance and salvations. If we can get self out of the way, it can happen. Lord, we praise you today. I pray that this message would be a warning to people to not let the enemy use or control them, that they would stay full of the Holy Ghost and fire. And I pray it and I ask it in the name of Jesus. Thank you so much for joining us today. I sure do appreciate it. We'll see you next time on the Inspire Preaching Podcast.